Hello, and welcome to our Yoga Hero Teachers podcast. This podcast has been created to help yoga teachers teach with passion, avoid burnout, and earn a fair living. This episode is all about staying in touch with your yogis. Many businesses would absolutely love a way to ensure that their customers were right there in front of them on a regular, predictable basis. And one of the many interesting things about being a yoga teacher is that we see our customers regularly, likely weekly. Now, I know you don't think of your yoga students as customers. Me neither. They're people who come to your yoga classes. But if you allow yourself to think of your yogis as customers, especially just for this one episode, I think it will make the information clearer and more useful. After all, this podcast is about helping you earn a fair living. So in reality, you do need customers to bring in income to make that happen. In this episode, we'll look at why you would want and need to stay in touch with your yogis the different communication methods you can use, what you could say, and what to bear in mind with each method. And we'll round up by looking at how you can evaluate which method or methods are right for you and for your yogis to make your efforts as efficient and useful as possible. So let's start in a sensible place. Why would you want to stay in touch with your yogis, with your customers? If at this point you're thinking, well, I don't actually have any customers, (laughs) then hit pause and go and check out our Finding Your Yogis podcast, which is episode number five. Why is it beneficial to stay in touch with your customers? One, to encourage your existing customers to be loyal to you. Two, to find more customers. Three, to let customers know about all of the things that you offer now and in the future. Four, to ensure that the ways that you're sharing your yoga are the best ways, the most relevant ways for your yogis. Check out episode number six for inspiration about the different ways that you can share your yoga. Five, to know what your customers want and need from you which could help inform any future trainings that you might be thinking of doing. Six, to know whether to start a new class, let's say in the next town, or should you focus your efforts online, or actually, should you put any extra energy into one-off workshops? Seven, to show off the knowledge that you have. And eight, to keep you accountable to deepening your knowledge of yoga. And nine, last but by no means least, to help you earn more income if you stumble on hard times. Now let's look at the ways that you can stay in touch with your customers. One, social media, of course. (laughs) Two, email. Three, phone and text message. Four, WhatsApp. Five, direct messages like on um, Facebook and Instagram. And six, face-to-face. So face-to-face and online classes and things like socials, you know, going for coffee, etc. 
let's have a look at the different methods here, what to say and what to bear in mind for each. Social media. Hmm. Social media is a bit of a minefield. First of all, we seem to have started to equate visibility with success. And I'm going to say that again because it's quite incredible. We seem to have started to equate visibility with success. Just think about that for a moment. Associating somebody's visibility on social media with how successful they are. Wow. <laughs> Especially when you then think about what yoga actually is, not asana, but what yoga actually is. Yoga is about going inwards. Yoga is the science of the mind. Yoga is not about going outwards. And social media is 100% outward focused. So please bear this in mind when thinking about your social media, your presence, and then also who you follow. As you know, there are many social media platforms, each with their own demographics. So first of all, have a think about your yogis, your customers, and compare their demographics with the demographics of the different platforms. And that is a great place to start determining which platforms to use because because you can't use them all. Uh, Well, you could, but there really wouldn't be a right lot of time for anything else. In terms of the level of work needed, social media is a bit of a fish tank type scenario. It will swell up to eat as much time as you give it. Podcast episode 10 was all about efficient use of social media. So if you're thinking that you don't have the time or you're worried about the time involved with starting and maintaining social media accounts, that episode is going to be a really useful resource for you. That's episode number 10. Email newsletters. An email service provider, an ESP, is something that you need for sending out e-newsletters. It's basically a place that collects and stores email addresses and then sends emails to those email addresses. Many ESPs allow you to categorize people. So you might have a category like interested in retreat or a category like attended stress management course so that you're not sending out emails saying, come and join my course to people who have already been on that course. We use ConvertKit at Yoga Hero for our ESP. I'll put a link in the show notes if you fancy giving it a try. I think it works great once you're used to it. They do have a free trial and they have different um, levels, you know, different cost options for different needs. And they have got plenty of help videos, which are brilliant. But the thing that I like the most is that they have an instant chat on their website for assistance. So if you get stuck or you have a question like I do quite regularly, someone helps you out straight away, which is just so valuable to me, but maybe because I'm um, terrible (laughs) with technology. You must be aware of GDPR. Check the Information Commissioner's Office for up-to-date legalities and guidance. And it is worth me mentioning here 
that a few weeks ago, Facebook and Instagram went down completely for hours and hours and hours. As with any software, there was a chance that they could have been broken forever or that when they came back online, that everyone would have lost their followers. So it's so, so worth building an email address so that you can still contact your yogis if social media changes or disappears. What should you say? What to put in your email newsletters is probably one of the things that I'm asked the most. When you're considering what to say, I think the thing you need to start off with is a confidence boost. People have signed up to your email newsletter because they want to hear from you. So talk to them. Give yourself a boost. Your offerings are brilliant. Your yogis will benefit by coming to the different things that you're offering. So tell them about them. Here's some quick fire ideas of what you can include in your email newsletters. One, show off your knowledge. Do you feel like your yogis would really benefit from understanding the basic mechanics of the shoulder and how that feeds into plank and chaturanga alignment? And tell them. Have your yogis been telling you they're just not getting any downtime at the moment? Create five top tips for winding down after work. Have you got events coming up that you've put on in response for people asking about them? If so, tell them. You can use your email newsletter to ask your yogis what they want to know from you. And lastly, if you go to your social media accounts and see the posts that were interacted with the most, the posts that had the highest engagement, make those into an email newsletter and send that out. In short, and if you're doing other things, if you're thinking about other things, come back. <laughs> this is really important. This is my top tip. Stop overthinking it. Remember that done is almost always better than perfect. So crack on with it. And remember that your yogis want to hear from you. In terms of the level of work needed, this really depends on your writing ability and passion. If you really struggle sort of sitting at a notepad or sitting at a computer and being like, now I need to write my email newsletter, you might find benefit from going out into nature, going for a long walk and just speaking <laughs> your knowledge, speaking your newsletter. You might do this with like a text, um, a speech to text app, or you might do it by recording into a voice recorder on your phone and then typing it up when you get home. I'd really recommend getting someone else to proof your newsletter, it's amazing how the most obvious errors just completely pass you by because you've been looking at something for so long. And lastly, I think the initial learning curve for an email service provider can be really intense, but after a while it does become, I mean, maybe not quite second nature, but getting there to create an email or reuse a template, put in it what you want to put, Send a, a test for proofing and then send it out to your list. When talking about email, it's worth talking about your emails to one person. So people will email you with a question like, is this class suitable for beginners? 
when you reply, think about how you can expand on that even more. Maybe you point them towards a workshop that would be really relevant for them. Or maybe you let them know about your class pass deals. Be polite, be friendly and use their name. Phone calls and text messages. So boring, but you need to think about GDPR guidance when storing phone numbers. That's really important. But some people will naturally just tap on your phone number from your social media accounts to ask you their question over the phone rather than email. It's worth checking that your voicemail greeting is relevant. Maybe in that you say beginners are welcome at these classes or you do or don't need to bring a mat. The things that people ask you the most. It is also possible to do bulk um, sending of text messages using a piece of software. That's not something that I've ever done, but worth considering if your yogis are particularly um, keen on text messages. WhatsApp. WhatsApp have stepped up their offerings for businesses and they actually have a particular business WhatsApp app. (laughs) That was really hard to say. It's also worth bearing in mind that on smartphones, you can usually create keyboard shortcuts. So if you're finding that people are sending you WhatsApps always to say, is this class suitable for a beginner or do I need to bring my own yoga mat? Then you could create a um, shortcut, keyboard shortcut or a quick reply so that you're replying to them quickly, promptly and politely, but without it being loads of work. For WhatsApp, you just want to check how your name appears if you're sending WhatsApps to a customer and maybe put your logo as your profile picture. Direct messages, especially through Facebook and Instagram. Again, you can use your shortcuts and auto replies for direct messages, especially on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Direct messages are a great way to engage with your customers and really get to know them. So do prioritize non-auto replies if you can, but also bear in mind that they can be quite time consuming. And last, but by no means least, face-to-face. Like I said at the beginning of the class, Most yoga teachers will see their yogis, their customers face to face, that could be online, regularly, probably weekly. So talk to them, remember their names. If one week they say, oh goodness, I'm so stressed. I had an interview today. Next time you see them, ask them if they've heard anything about the interview. From experience, the majority of people who come to yoga are really nice. They want to get to know you and they have interesting lives that you can get to know about. The more you know them, the more you can help them. They tell you they've taken on an extra project at work and they're struggling to sleep with the extra stress. Add some stress relief into your classes. They'll be so grateful. You've really helped them and they'll keep coming back to your classes. You're a yoga teacher because you care. Take that care and your tenacity and make it part of your business and part of your offerings. Plus, when you have people in front of you, 
you can let them know about the things that you've got coming up or about new classes that you might be putting on and volunteer any questions. It's invaluable for you and for those coming to your classes. So to recap, we have one, social media. Listen or listen again to episode 10 for efficient social media use. Two, e-newsletters. Take the time, first of all, to boost your confidence. And then with confidence boosted, tell your yogis about your knowledge and your offerings. Three, emails to one person. Be friendly, use their name, be helpful, and put some extra information in the email too. Four, phone calls and text messages. If your yogis are likely to respond well to text messages, consider using bulk sending out software and be careful around the legalities around storing phone numbers. Five, WhatsApp. Look at the business WhatsApp app (laughs) and check how your name and profile picture appear. Six, Direct messages via social media, which is a great way to engage, but can be time consuming. And lastly, seven, face to face, an incredible opportunity to really get to know your customers and to tell them about what you have on. So go back to your yogi's demographics, have a think about the time that you have available and choose the communication methods that best fit with those requirements. As ever, I really hope this has been useful to you. We'd love to know how you're finding these episodes and if they're helpful, please do let us know by emailing hello at yogahero.co.uk or maybe send a DM, direct message, (laughs) to yogahero underscore teachers on Instagram or Facebook. But above all, happy, happy teaching.